0: welcome to yet another episode of when a guy has a really fucked gender as always i'm your host jolene and i'm bringing you today a special special halloween episode i guess this is our for- first sort of like event thematic um holiday episode i have here with me today um scarlet Hello. Right? hello. <laughs> i realized I i didn't actually like I assume your name is Scarlett, um, but I... It is, yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, and I found you because I said I wanted to speak to a vampire. Um, and um, my friend Abigail directed me your way. So um, why'd she do that?
1: I think she summed it up really nicely in that tweet. She said, I'm the most dedicated and sweet real life player she'd ever met. <laughs> I got a little bit taken aback because I was like, I'm meant to be evil. <laughs> it's, it's meant to be cruelty and malice and nastiness. But no, Abigail is a, an absolute delight and had my phone in my hand and thought, oh, the time's come. I finally have to go on a podcast somewhere. So yeah, I think that's why <laughs> Abigail and I have known each other for a bunch of years and uh, lived in the same city before I moved recently. And they're an absolute sweetie. So there you go. My brand works.
0: Yeah. So what is, what, what is being a real-life vampire mean? Like, what is what is this we're talking about?
1: <laughs> this can go so many different ways. And I've heard a lot of interviews with people who identify as a vampire it can be like a bit of a thematic and costumized thing it can be like a lifestyle or a larpy type thing some like to really incorporate it into their spirituality in my case i like consensually cutting people open and drinking their blood all so right I'm, I'm kind of a traditionalist uh, <laughs> I have a multitude of reasons for why I do it. Uh, I do belong to a lot of vampire communities and such, and it is considered a little bit of a taboo to actually talk about this side of things, but there it is. So yeah, I taught myself how to do it safely. Um, I've had it done to me many a time before I turned, so to speak, over the past maybe like 10 to 15 years. Um, I used to be a very tasty snack. I apparently had some kind of special blood that was very appealing and delicious but uh i couldn't really enjoy the fruits of that labor myself and i think now i kind of understand so yeah that's uh, that's the kind of vampire i am <laughs> okay
0: hell yeah um so how did you how did you come to this i guess like where, where does I this can... come from like what it's <laughs> a bit of a theatrical story but yeah, yeah um, i mean go for it
1: Where it came from, well, like a lot of gothic inclined people as I was um I've always had a little bit of an interest in vampire culture but I wasn't one of those full-on hardcore like obsessives I hadn't ever read an Anne Rice book you know I'd go and see those underworld movies when they came out and I was about 14 or 15 I'm 35 by the way sorry uh, 302 302 uh so I think it was mostly to see like Kate Beckinsale and Latex to be brutally honest but they'd always been around um I think the first time I got the internet back when was dial-up again, 35. Um, I, the first thing I typed in was either vampires or Satanism. I can't remember which, but I knew it was one of those two. But long story short, they've always been around. I, about 10 years ago, moved from Melbourne, uh, city I am now, to Sydney. So I've moved back and forth a few times. And I went to a burlesque show and met, uh, met a woman who was putting it together um, really loved her performance and we were hanging out a bit. So we used to go and get lunch and you know, I essentially started falling for her. Uh her name was Venus and I thought that's kind of cute. Like she's kind of a gothic horror burlesque queen. This is I'm into this, this is great. You know, developed a little bit of a crush and that went further and I think it was very much reciprocated. And maybe on our second or third date, um she revealed to me that she was a vampire. And asked very politely, uh, "Did you did you mind if did you mind if I I fed from you?" And I was like, "Yeah, fuck yeah, why not? I'll give this a go." So <laughs> went up the shop and got some razor blades. <laughs> uh, went back to my apartment, and uh, she took a let's just say a little bit overly eager of a swing, and I now have about a nice eight or nine inch scar running down my back from where it opened up. And she very much got what she wanted, but I did have to drive myself and her to the hospital. Um, that was my <laughs> that was my revealing in that vampires are real. Uh, I even remember sheepishly asking, um, are you like actually a mortal? And she's like, no. <laughs> but there's <laughs> certainly something a little bit otherworldly about our kind which i'm more than happy to go into and yeah we've been together 10 years so she's oh <laughs> she's wow <my> okay. <laughs> that's the big reveal she's my fiance, and um oh, she really lovely. yeah introduced me into the into the world of vampires we we traveled to new orleans together we actually got engaged at the Anne rice that Va- endless night vampire ball in new orleans halloween 2018 um, met a bunch around the world. It was really interesting. Some of them are, you know, self-confessed like psychic vampires or energy vampires or some really just love the look um, and met a met a few sanguine or blood drinking vampires as we went. Um, and yeah, to get to the rounded point of the story, I spent a lot of time we obviously poly uh, sort of dating and feeding other people and doing things like that. And uh, eventually it sort of went a little bit wrong. And I suppose the the needle flipped and I went from, you know, sub to Dom in vampire world and went through an unpleasant turning experience myself around about nine months ago, maybe getting onto a year now. So I'm a little bit of a fresh baby when it comes to vampirism, but I've been in the world a long time. I just haven't had the hunger for as long that was a bit of a ramble (laughs) no no that's
0: wonderful that gives me so many things to sort of ask questions about um i'm like completely i i know like absolutely nothing about this sort of like Hmm. vampire uh subculture as something that people practice i know like a marginal amount about like vampire literature i actually can't even really think of any that i've read i've seen like in terms of books i've never seen interview with the vampire um, um is uh maybe funny because i am now interviewing a vampire um, I was waiting room. for that joke to come <laughs> yeah <laughs> i i tweet yeah i tweeted this to one of my friends um like replied and she was like oh i get it like the Anne rice thing and i was like oh i wasn't even thinking about that i was just like
1: i was just musing
0: um i was just talking well like but the new television
1: show i'm incredibly gay as well so
0: the do you mean uh, what, what is it what do we what do we what we do in the shadows no they've
1: although that is a fantastic TV show uh no they've redone interview with the vampire it's kind of a oh. I think it's like a 10 part amc uh, drama it's really really good the movie i'm not a big fan of i think i've seen it maybe twice i just don't really like tom cruise but the 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 tv series is really telling it more from like a person of colors perspective really well written and it is so gay anal in the first episode baby
0: hell yeah we love that we love that they're all yeah they're
1: vampires a little bit less uh, less friendly than i am but hey you're still interviewing one i guess so it counts
0: so well here let me get this other question out because i yeah, sure. you, you you are trans right yes oh, i'm a okay. trans female yeah yes and so i guess i'm curious what does does that happen in the course of your vampirism does that happen before the vampirism does that happen
1: in my circumstances it happened uh well before it i discovered uh, you know, had my egg cracked about maybe six years ago, and started living um, living as a, a trans fan. I've been on hormones for maybe two and a half years at this point. Uh, not obviously that that's the defining part of being transgender, but it was a very very big step for me. Um, the vampirism stuff kind of happened in parallel, and there are much much smarter people than me who've written a lot about the the sort of parallels between being an other in society. And the vampire um, going and spending maybe 15 minutes on Twitter with the right hashtags. You'll discover a whole fleet of transgender vampires. We seem to be everywhere. Or maybe I've just found them all. I don't know. I'm kind of lucky in that I was just the first cab off the rank, I think, to contact you. (laughs) But uh, the mix of um, trans femmes and uh, trans masks and non-binary people uh, and gender fluid people and the vampire world is pretty concurrent. It's not just like cis dudes in capes playing vampire the to masquerade too much. Uh, it's pretty it's actually a pretty even split on gender as well. But there is a very, very heavy, overarching umbrella of queerness with it all. And I do think that comes from that the other ring and the, the monster of society. So you can kind of if you've done one, it's probably easier to do the other. <laughs>
0: well, it, it makes a lot of sense to me along along that line, as you sort of said, you know, there's the sort of history of um queerness within sort of like horror genre and the sort of uh interests that that sort of parallel each other there but then also i mean another part of this that i'm assuming and i guess this is another question i have to pose to you is like how how sexual is all this um because you know you're talking about all these sorts of um you know feeding sort of concurrent to dating and i assume kind of romantic encounters and um I mean, I tend to sort of think that like most a lot of like kind of extreme sex acts, even if they are sort of like ostensibly like could you know sort of exist uh they could they could happen between any sort of couple. I feel like a lot of those tend to the needle is tilted more towards like um queer and trans um, mm. people and and their sort of sexual practices. um I've Never seen like a cis person that does like needle play or something, you know, just to like pick something that's kind of huh. analogous. Um and I'm sure that there are. I just like it's it's just sort of like and maybe it's maybe this is like selection bias on my part that um the people whose sex lives I hear about tend to be other trans people. But um Yeah. I, I, well, I, but I guess I guess the sort of question is like how sexual is this for you how sexual is it within the community what's the sort of like and i guess maybe also like you're talking about right you you mentioned the distinction between like the blood draker is the sanguinarian and yeah like psychic or energy vampires and that was something that someone mentioned to me yesterday in dms um that i
1: don't really know too much about
0: (laughs) sorry no, there are a bunch of questions that you want.
1: Are- <laughs> <laughs> That's all good. I'm just mentally arranging them, and feel free to circle back around. if I don't really cover cover the topic that you're wanting to go into. But I'll I'll start with the the sexualized side of things. Even long long before I was trans, I was a participant in the BDSM community. Uh, it's sort of my primo fetish, I guess you could say it was. Like my sexual awakening, pretty much involved BDSM, and I've practiced it for as long as I can functionally remember. Uh, obviously, as you've encountered too in the transgender community, the, the, the hardcore and the um, extreme sex acts, as you put it, do tend to be quite concurrent. Um, and I do date other, other transgender people and sometimes solely for BDSF practice as well. It doesn't always necessarily have to lead to sex or even if it has a sexual element to it. Um, it's not necessarily that in that alone. Some people have, when speaking about vampirism, have gone to me like, you know, oh, I, I don't really have a blood kink or a blood fetish, which is fine. And I realized to myself that this isn't actually a kink or a fetish either. It can be interlaced into my sexuality, primarily because it is an incredibly intimate act. It is It um, is... I suppose you could say one of the final taboos. It's uh, I've had some people say, uh, that makes you a cannibal, you know? And I'm like, yeah, well, no more than like swallowing a load would, but hey. <laughs> um, but no, it, if I had to summarize it, I wouldn't say that my desire slash need to feed is in any way an inherently sexual act by itself. It does often get mixed up in it though, because it's generally with intimate partners that I will reproach this topic and because of the dangers inherent like much in the same way that it's a really really good idea to screen new partners and get sexual health tests to make sure that like no one's going to be um, transferring any any you know diseases or infections that you may or may not be aware of much the same for bloodborne diseases it's not it's not a healthy practice doing this it's not safe (laughs) you I've never had an incident I've never had any scares I've been really really lucky but the sexual element or involving partners usually requires that connection of um connection of intimacy I have had people in clubs like go oh my god so I heard you're a vampire. Will you feed from me? And every single part of my brain goes, "Oh, darling, no, 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 no!" <laughs> Doesn't work like that. Even if you know, maybe from the neck down, my entire body going is going. Kill him! Kill him! Kill him! Get it! Get it! Get it! Get it! Get it! Get it! <laughs> it's a. Uh, it can be a little a little frustrating on that front, um, but no, it's not. It's not a sexual act. I do find it arousing, but it's probably due to the proximity of the person someone once commented to me you only seem to really want to feed from people you're attracted to and i'm like well yeah i only really want to eat dinners i like the taste of like it's only but fair enough isn't having like a dance with somebody much much sweeter when you're into them like it's it's not every part of it but it does form some part of it um i have been to a number of like parties or events or you know vampire meetup type things where Exchanges have happened sometimes, as you say, energetically, sometimes there's been someone there as a, I suppose you could say, a community feeding source. There are occasionally places even around the world where people quite enjoy going and being the um main course, <laughs> so to speak, and often employ like a phlebotomist or Um, Someone who's very medically trained to make sure it's, you know, done safely and it's overwatched and, you know, obviously you can't lose too much blood, otherwise it can cause a severe amount of uh, (laughs) physical and mental trauma. Um, So we we very much try to avoid that, but it can exist completely and utterly independent of sex. But like a lot of things in life, a bit of sex involved is not necessarily going to be making it any worse. That's probably the best rambling answer I can give to that idea.
0: No, no, that's that's really helpful. That's that's really interesting to sort of um, right describe it differently than like a blood kink. Um, mm. I guess I mean, I, who, sorry. I mean, I'm sure that there blood are some kinks, people, right? right? I'm sure that there are some people who would describe it as a blood kink. Um, Absolutely. But yeah, I guess I'm, I'm, I'm curious if you could if you could tease apart some more why you describe it. Um, why, why you make that distinction for yourself, or what you sort of think of?
1: The, I suppose if I had to look at it purely from my own perspective, I do not get a sense of physical or mental arousal in a sexual way from blood or feeding. It's, I do get excited, and I get illustriously hungry, and... You know, when someone nips their finger or something like that, it can be a little hard to take my eyes off it. <laughs> or um, when I'm watching television shows and, like a vampire turns up or, you know, someone's kind of like being bitten or I, I see the red stuff. Um, it can cause a little bit of a deep breath and <gasps> okay, 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 okay <laughs> kind of vibes. Um, but it is not something that I generally pair in sexual context in my head. And oftentimes when I... Do go to feed or am experiencing something blood related, it doesn't lead to sex generally. Um, Without hoping to disgust your listeners who aren't necessarily as into this as I am, after you've been fed from, your first instinct is usually to want to sleep because A, you've lost a little bit of blood, B, it hurt a little bit, and C, there's an inherent magicness, I think, in the feeding process that can just bliss you out and really make you feel lovely and wonderful i used to love being fed from it didn't matter who did it um because it just filled my body with this oh like complete bliss and peace it felt like you were floating and dreaming it's really really nice once the once the little prick of the pain of being opened up goes away um for those that do have the blood kink it is very much a sexual thing and it is generally always incorporated in sex like it's sometimes a bit of a taboo thing even at BDSM clubs for for safety and medical reasons and also some people just really don't want to fucking see that um but i do know people who play with you know like to play with blood cover themselves in it um open both themselves up uh You know they're not they're not feeding from it per se but it's something that they find really arousing to be around or it's like a really primal intimacy my enjoyment of feeding and the the benefits i get from it and there are plenty aren't sexual uh that's probably why i feel personally i don't have a blood kink
0: it makes a lot of sense um yeah I, I, okay i can definitely understand that what about the yeah. sort of um that is this sort of like sanguinarian psychic vampire distinction oh yes you? yes Say I a care. little bit more about that
1: there, there are a number of books that go into this to some degree as well and i can i can talk a little bit about modern vampire history and i hate to say a lot of it has to do with the early days of the internet and it really getting into vampire the masquerade which <laughs> that, that role-playing board game i've not played it myself um but i know that a lot of the vampire community has sort of founded itself a little bit with titles and roles and meetings and agendas sort of cribbed from that game a little bit um which is fun it's a good it's a good bit of structure but although that game is mostly obviously about blood feeders, when one takes a little bit of a step back, the umbrella that we exist under, I suppose you could say, is a desire for energy. Energy, life force, emotion. It comes in different forms, but if I had to really just summarize it in a way that's easy to understand, vampirism is about taking or being given others energy to boost your own and as a result as a sanguinarian i like to do that through that juicy red protein which is blood um the act, the uh the, the exchange and even the actual liquid itself i feel contains something that gives me that the psychic or the energy vampire is somebody who rather than feed through that method has devised a way or found themselves inherently able to pull energy from other people or create circumstances around themselves of which allows them to feed and there are you probably hear the term like Ugh, stay away from that coworker; she's a real like psychic vampire that's generally referring to somebody who creates negative environments in which to bolster their own ego or um you know get attention or make the world revolve around them. They may not actually even be feeding from it. It's just kind of a term of phrase, but there are psychic vampires who do do that. You are what we do in the Shadows, Colin Robinson effect, very, very good. That's pretty accurate. uh, Sometimes people like to do it by being incredibly boring or frustrating or tedious or narcissistic, but it can happen. And I dare say it's probably a little bit more ethically to do so to feed off positive emotions. I'm not really sure where I stand on how it would affect the <clears throat> prey or the victim, so to speak. Some people have spoken about having psychic vampires actively feed from them and they get exhausted or they, they just feel drained. Like it has some kind of flow on effect, especially when it's a one-on-one. But a psychic vampire or an energy vampire could do just as well as to like going to a nightclub and standing in the middle of the dance floor and dancing with everybody and just feeling everybody's kind of like vibrancy and getting lost in the moment and sucking the energy in from that it can be a really conscious procedure i've tried to do it i'm kind of okay at it but i'm not perfect although i do know a lot of psychic vampires who find it very very effective um it's much in the same way that i become quite maudlin and Lethargic and unpleasant when I haven't fed effectively I know a lot of psychic vampires Or I've seen in many a circumstance When they don't go out and get their fill They don't get an opportunity to go and dance Or you know do that sort of energy feeding it's, It sucks for them I went to a I went to a meeting once Where it was sort of like My wife tried to get a bit of a like A local or East Coast of Australia vampires thing going. And we've got about 20 attendees, which is pretty amazing, all things considered. And there was an author there who had recently discovered through, I think it was reading one of Michelle Bellinger's books, who writes amazing uh, amazing books about psychic vampirism, not in a fictional sense, like in a, in a real-life sense or a practice sense. And she's like, I think this is me, and I'm upset because I feel I've been doing it to people my whole life without their consent. And I, I don't know. I don't really know what to do. And I don't really know how to look after myself. And in that moment, I was like, well, would you like to feed for me? And she went from looking pretty crestfallen. I let her put her hands on me or however she really wanted to do it. And she closed her eyes and we sat there for about three to four minutes. And I was like, Oh my God. Like I could almost, feel, whether it was psychosomatic or not, feel something being sucked out of me. But what really blew my mind and made me go, okay, this is a thing, is that when I looked back over to her, her face was filled with colour again. It was kind of grey and ashen. Her eyes were a little bit sunken maybe. Um, And she just looked full of life and smiles and... I was like, okay, surely you can act that part. You can put it on a little bit. But the fact that she physically changed after feeding from me went, God damn it. All right. All right. Psychic vampirism. Let's go. This is this is a thing I need to explore a little bit further. So that's just, just a bit of an example as to how that tends to work. That desire for the, the energy and the life force and to, to use it to either whether you just don't have enough of it yourself, you know, like if you don't have enough serotonin and storeball, it's fine people who are quite well-functional want to give themselves a little something extra. And I think that, that energy exchange in whatever form it takes is really that, that key element of vampirism
2: and scene. Okay.
1: I don't know okay. if I made that any clearer or any less clear. No, <laughs> no, who, no, no,
0: no. It, it, it clarified things a lot. It's, um, yeah, that clarifies things a lot. Hmm. Um, okay, I guess. I feel like we have some, we have some sort of like basic terms. Yes, we got some basic terms now. We've got kind of the lay of the land. Um. Part of the idea of this podcast right, is the kind of like ethnographic presentation. So I guess we're, I, I want to hear maybe a little bit more. I guess I'm, I'm wanting to go into more detail of the kind of it, within that sort of bio that you sketched out for us um, earlier. You you meet your um, you meet your your fiance, hmm. wife or your wife, right? You
1: are married. Uh, we, we, we say, I say wife, but we're, we're internally engaged and just never really got around to affording the wedding yet. So either or is fine, but just <laughs> I wife. just wife. say my wife. Yeah. It's cool. Wife's nice.
0: Wife's a good word. I like wife a lot. It is. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay. So you, you met your wife, you said about like 10 years ago now? Yeah, that's right. And you'd been participating in BDSM for some time before that? That's right. Okay. And then at some point in that within the period of you meeting your wife and it sounds like you pretty quickly sort of like entered into this subculture through her and in this sort of like particular role of like a a food source correct
1: a feeding source Um, they use the term swan which is kind of beautiful swan like swan is in like the bird
0: where does that come from i'm curious (laughs) it's very beautiful. I like that a lot. I just have yeah I don't
1: I mean something to defined further with like a crimson swan is somebody who gives up their blood. a black swan is somebody who's like an ally to the community or sometimes does like a bit of everything. I think it probably came from Vampire the Masquerade. <laughs> I can't I can't put my finger on that. There is a author called father Sebastian who started around about, Oh God, it must be about twenty twenty five years ago as a dental technician and started making fangs for the community. And it became a little bit of a, a pop culture figurehead and has written a few books about it. And that's the term he tends to use. And maybe it was just through those early days of the, the internet. That's where that, that term came about. But I thought I'd mention it because I've always really liked it.
0: Yeah, no, that's wonderful. Okay. So you became a swan. Yes. Um, I guess well one
2: hmm.
0: I don't know yeah like what what was that like right like you said that their your first experience was a little um, accidental <laughs> a little what uh, a little bit accidental yeah <laughs> accidental well, and also right you you had to go to the hospital it was a little bit did you what did you tell them at the hospital did you just tell them. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Um, we, we had to sit in emergency for about eight hours. I had like a big Chrysler muscle car at the time. And for some reason I thought it was a good idea to drive myself. I probably wasn't thinking clearly Strapped some pillows to my back with duct tape. And it was about maybe 10 minutes drive from my house. Went in they're like, okay, it's, you haven't hit any arteries or anything. You're not bleeding out, but obviously we need to get you stitched up. Um, and they were like, did she pointing at my wife, do this to you? And I'm like, nope. Okay, so ha- how did it happen? Um, I, I cut myself to try and get over my fear of blood. And they were like, okay, you cut yourself to try and get over your fear of blood. Eyes darting between my wife and mine. I said, yep, that's right. They're like, why did you do it in the middle of your back then? And I was like, oh, I didn't to see it. And they were just, I think they just, they kind of gave up. I was like, uh-huh. There was a point where one of the nurses came over and said, like, is she you, do I need to call the police? Uh, is there anything you want to tell me? And I'm like, no, it's true, it's fine. And all grins and smiles. So I think internally the triage nurse sort of rolled her eyes. By the time we actually got to I think this was maybe our second or third date, I can't remember. So we spent, you know, eight to nine hours sitting in emergency getting to know each other, which was actually kind of like a really sweet bonding experience. <laughs> Yeah, because this is like we, your second
0: date, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, some people would be irrationally angry or whatever it may be. I wasn't. Um, I was a little bit annoyed. It's like, you really... Uh, I thought you knew what you were doing. Don't Don't mix knives and alcohol, people. <laughs>
0: You but, guys have been drinking.
1: Oh, uh, I, I had about one or two, maybe oh, okay. uh, many, many hours before. Um, we were kind of out on a date, but yeah, don't. This is this is not endorsed by me. It's very, it was very stupid in retrospect, and could have been very, very, very dangerous. But here we are um, in the emergency. I think about eight hours later, as I mentioned, went in to get stitched done, and there was this like prototypical nurse who was like just. The butcher's the butch, you know, covered in tattoos, short black hair. Looked at me, looked at my wife, who, let's just say, has a very kind of vampira look about her, a bit of a gothic demeanor. Looked her up and down, raised an eyebrow and just said, all right, Madam Lash. (laughs) So she clearly clocked it as a BDSM practice that had gone wrong. I didn't say anything, but I kind of gave her that knowing smile and nod. She stitched me up and was just like, be safe next time. I was like, okay, yes, miss. Thank you, miss. And off we went. So there you go. She was pretty understanding, which was good. <laughs> um, but yeah, I've got a really a lovely gory scar that I love to kind of look at on my back. If you look at the front of my chest um, in the right light, or if I kind of stretch the skin out a little bit, it's really taking form now that I've, I've grown quite large breasts. Uh, you can see every little cut and every little incision that I have made on myself or had been given to feed other vampires it's kind of why i call myself scar
0: <laughs> okay. a, yeah a little hidden
1: meaning behind that um that my vampire sense. name is malice as you probably saw on twitter but uh that's right. my yeah. Scarlet's my operative day name that i use for everything and everybody calls me scar which is quite quite funny sometimes knowing the reasons sometimes not um so that's what really, you know, brought all that out. I actually don't remember what the question was. Now I've told that anecdote.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, it was, I literally just asked about the, more details about that first experience. So no, yes. this is great. Okay. So what then, um, so then you sort of, the, 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 the next sort of major um, occurrence, the next sort of point on the timeline that i have um that you've you've sort of given me i guess is is you coming out as trans and then mm. you said that that sort of happens
1: 6 years ago uh yeah yeah i'd say that's about right i <sighs> I was one of those people, and I know this is like the classic story that like has memories of me saying from like, as far as I can remember back, I wish I was born a girl, <laughs> You know, da-da-da-da-da. I remember laying in my bed with my like first girlfriend when I was like 13 or 14. And I remember the sun beaming through and we were just like chilling out in bed, not really doing anything after school. And I remember just looking up, being filled with the warmth of the sun. <laughs> Ironic now when I think of it, uh, vampirism and all. And just remember saying, ah. Oh, I wish I was a woman. And I just got flushed with euphoria and, you know, went about my life. Come about 25 or 26, um, my wife started dating someone she met on it was like Tinder or Grindr or something like that, um, who was trans. I didn't, I didn't know. And she didn't really know. She was like a punk drummer. Um, They went out on a couple of dates and whatnot. And then we kind of all met and I sort of saw her a few times and fucked a bunch and all that sort of stuff. And yeah, it was eventually like, oh, (laughs) and encountering another, like a trans person so intimately. And I suppose you could say like, I didn't really have too much of the way of exposure, even though I lived in the city or at least, you know, exposure that I knew about. Um, I was like, oh, this is what I fucking am oh my God, boom, massive egg crack, there it was. And I think like, you know, two or three days later, there I am announcing to the world that I'm a trans woman and <laughs> went through the usual rigmarole there. I decided not to take hormones for a while because I quite frankly uh, was a little scared of what they do to my mental health, which was not always the best. Um, I kind of wish I started earlier like everybody seems to say they do, but that was my little my little coming out story there. So. That became a very huge part of my life. Um, I was essentially a <coughs> straight boy. So I didn't exist in the queer world apart from really being adjacent to it through my wife who's pansexual. Um, and as we had a kind of open open relationship and a, a poly thing going on there, like experience her uh, position in the queer world and went to clubs and things like that. And people used to say to me like, dead name you know you're queer right i'm like i can't i can't own that just because i'm like you know a bit fruity i'm still a straight guy (laughs) you know i'm white as the day is long there's no there's no like discrimination i'm experiencing i'm at the i'm at the sort of you know the top of the normality food chain so to speak they were right (laughs) i was just very much either in denial or in the closet but uh yeah when that when that crack happens i was like no Fucking queer, baby, and yeah, here we are now.
0: <laughs> okay, no, that's really interesting. So that makes a lot of that. that that's it's so interesting how other people can see that before, um, isn't it? Yeah, it it, it bothers me.
1: <laughs> it's like why didn't I know? It was obvious. It was so obvious.
0: <gasps> yeah. Okay, and so you sort of you, you had a kind of period of yeah right. There's there's a sort of um, I mean it sounds like there's a, there's a sort of you you have the kind of um, the fear of uh, you, you had concerns about your mental health and mm. um, hormones and transition for a while, and then you decided to give it a go yes um right and that's always it's always interesting to sort of um i don't know all, all the things that kind of go with that and sort of um, bringing transition into like sort of mundane mundanities and and sort of just like yeah. oh yes yeah, so now i am like existing in the grocery store as a woman <laughs> yes exactly right <laughs> uh, as opposed to sort of like the other ways in which you you know privately do womanhood um prior to yeah. of, i guess like what i don't know i there i don't really have a good way of of talking about this i had in my own transition like a kind of sort of similar period of um i wasn't really concerned about my mental health with uh hormone transition it was more logistic problems and things like that but the yeah. um, I don't know the the way I think about it for myself is it was when I started taking my transition seriously. But um, I wouldn't use those terms for someone else without their, um, without them offering those terms or without them at least Oof. assenting to them. But yeah, I feel exactly the same. Way. Yeah, <laughs> but this is all sort of preamble. I don't know. I'm I'm curious. Was there is that you said that there's a lot of trans people within the sort of vampirism. Hmm um right
1: yeah yeah uh, i like i made it some people at vampirism is very very private it's probably a good idea in a way to keep it a little bit to yourself maybe um oh i'm i'm a very theatrical and over the top and kind of a mouthy person if you can't tell already and i just like was so excited when i i turned it was a very unpleasant experience to, to go through that little transition into starting to develop the hunger. Um, I really didn't have a nice time, to be honest. Uh, it, it took a physical and mental form I did not enjoy. But once that had settled and I kind of was like, okay, yep, this is who I am, much in the same way with my transition, I went for it fucking hell to leather. And like, you know, my, my slack handle is, you know, Scarlet the Vampire. It's like I exist in like Twitter and Instagram with that because I do sort of hold it partly as a flag to identify myself to the rest of the community and partly as a flag to kind of hunt with a little bit. Uh, people who are interested in vampirism or are curious or, you know, wonder if it's real or not. I've always fantasized about the stat taking me they're primo prey baby like the ones that are going to be like yeah I'm, i'm down with this okay let's let's like have a little bit of a talk and maybe we'll see if it's for you and i'll describe the process and you know if they're up for it and i'm up for it we can maybe engage in some kind of a feeding arrangement like that's sort of how it works um my my food source is essentially my other partner in my poly relationship, um, and she's also a trans trans female. Um, we and a ha- poor thing hates needles, hates blood, hates being cut open, hates it, fucking hates it. Like it does not like it at all, but also consents to it because it's kind of like a BDSM thing. You know, it takes that form. I okay. take a form for her. Um I'm not doing it against her will, that's <laughs> to 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 clarify no, that. But it's yeah, it's like it, it's a punishment kind of vibe.
0: Oh, okay. Interesting. Yeah, there's there's certainly a Yeah, I, I, I understand within the sort of realm of BDSM and um Yeah. I don't know, there's there's layers of sort of dislike and liking the dislike and and so on.
1: Exactly. I'm trying um, to say it in a way that makes it, like, <laughs> it can be hard to clarify that and speak about it in such open terms without it literally sounding like abuse. But as you know, from from that BDSM context, or liking something that you don't like, or not liking something that you do like kind of vibes, it's very much, it sits in that for her.
0: Yeah. Okay, th- that makes a lot of sense. So. Hmm. You've mentioned a few times that like your experience of turning was very unpleasant. Um, yes. Tell me a little bit more about that. Yeah,
1: this sort of snuck up on me. I I don't really I don't really know why it happened. I really really liked being a swan. I loved it. It was great. Um, my partner had moved a little bit more towards the psychic vampire world um, and felt less of a need for blood. Um, but we've had many times where I've, I've offered and exchanged, or, went, you know, we've had little at-home vampire orgies and things like that, uh, which is really, really a thing. Um, some of my favourite pictures in my photo roll are from that era, but very, you know, can be a bit messy and a bit gory, and <laughs> I kind of love waking up the next day and, like, seeing the chest all Shit. It was, like, very, very pleasing to me. But I've read in a number of books, that there seems to be something, I'm gonna work out a way to describe it. Sort of like, they call it sympathetic vampirism. Like if somebody is fed from a lot, say you have one thrall, prey, food source, whatever you wanna call them, um, and you're taking a lot from them constantly, they in a sense will start to seek out vampiric practices subconsciously to try and top themselves back up again. I don't know if that's the case, and I don't know if that's what's happened to me. But whether in the more traditional sense, like, uh, fiction-wise, you know, like, if you're nearly dying and then the vampire gives you a drop of their blood, you will become a vampire, or you just, like, if they don't do that, you just bleed out and die. That's kind of, like, the fictional way it works. I'm not really sure that happened to me. I think it kind of did at one of the parties, maybe. But the unpleasant turning experience was... I had, a, I had a dream, and this is so cheesy So, so cheesy But it, <laughs> it, I don't know if you're familiar with that video game, Blood Rain I'm not Does that mean anything? Yeah, it, it's like, it wasn't a, a, a Not very, very good 2000s kind of uh, Nazi-hunting, half-human, half-vampire it's This really hot, latex-clad redhead Like, kind of bayonetized Very recent very... But she appeared in uh, my dream yeah. Yeah, that kind of, yeah, that kind of look. They made some crap U-Ball movies about it, like, which had nothing to do with the game. Very, very simple. But she took that form in my brain and sat down with me in a, in a dream and said, hey, sorry, Scarlett, you're one of us now. And I woke up and like, <laughs> that was a weird dream. And later that day, wondering, I started noticing I was looking at people different. Um, I was thinking about blood a lot. Like people would be passing by me in the street and I was like, they taste like, ah, I could really, really feel an odd urge here. And it kind of clarified over a few days, but I remember saying to my wife, um, I think I am developing the thirst for blood. And she sort of raised an eyebrow at me and was like, yeah, okay, maybe, maybe. You know, you might be, you might not be. Might just be a thing, let's see. Uh, I kept a little bit of an eye on me. It just got real bad. Like, I couldn't stop thinking about it. It was like, my brain was just like that scene from The Fucking Shining, you know, like (laughs) blood, 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 nonstop all the fucking time. And people would just like walk past and I'd just be like staring at their neck. It's so cliche. Oh my God. But (laughs) it's kind of silly when I think about it, but it's just like that. I couldn't push that idea out of my brain. It just stayed there. And what really started to get me was I started feeling really weak, like not great. I I'd never had it before in my life, but I developed restless leg syndrome. I couldn't sleep anymore. I got maybe like one and a half hours a night for about a month. Um, and I do my best to have like little cat naps during the day. And I found myself falling asleep quite easily during the daytime. But nighttime was like, I wanted to be very, very active Um, this is another little weird thing that I can't believe it's real because it sounds what's real to me, but sounds so stupid and cliche, but I started to feel like really sick when I was in direct sunlight for too long. (laughs) And, uh, this seems to be a bit of a thing with sanguinarians. We tend to get like headaches and feel really unwell and like not burst into flames, but I don't really know any sanguinarians who want to go out and sunbathe to get a tan. You know what I mean? Um, It was very, very odd that that just suddenly was there because I love the sunshine. I love nature. I love planet Earth. I mean, I live on the East coast of Australia, which is very famous for it's like having some of the best beaches in the world. It's a great excuse for me to get like really thotty and half naked. I loved it. So I'm kind of annoyed. That's become a difficult thing, but there were all these little adjustments that I kept having to make. Uh, I felt like I could smell things a lot better for better or worse, usually worse people stink. Um, like bad smells were just like hyper amplified good smells were hyper amplified i went into this like almost derealized state um where everything was sharper and clearer and focused and those two things have backed off now like I, they've, i've either gotten used to them or they've kind of gone away but not being able to sleep and just having it be an all-fucking-consuming part of my brain like ugh. i remember saying to my wife a week or two into it like hey i'm suffering heaps this sucks uh B, I I I'm pretty I'm pretty sure this has happened. I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty sure I'm a vampire. And she's like, well, you can't really go calling yourself that yet until you know for sure or you know you've had a feed. Why don't you do that? And I'm like, all right, okay, okay. So I contacted my other partner and was like, hey, got some news. <laughs> I would really like to just try and see what happens. And she was really agreeable. Um, when it actually came to the time to do the work, uh, I, <laughs> I used a very, very small sterilized Warhammer craft blade that I bought just for the purpose to make a little, ooh, little crosshack, crosshatch, uh, Nick to, to kind of make like a tiny little game of Noughts and Crosses sort of thing to suck the blood from. We were watching Let the Right One In <laughs> on TV. Cause I was just like this vampire, look, see, cool. Um, and it took a very long time for her to kind of settle and actually let it happen. She'd sort of like get really, really close and then go like, oh, God, no, 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 don't, 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 don't. And I'm like, come on, <laughs> sit down. You call yourself a sub. Come on. <laughs> and like We sort of it became a bit of a game for a while. But then anyway, she's like, yeah, OK, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. And it did. And I was like, all right, here we go. This is going to be gross. Blood tastes disgusting. And I latched onto her body and sucked her fucking soul through her skin. It was relief really, it's the best way I could put it. It was like, I don't want to have to use a drug term, but like when you have a really, really good line of cocaine, maybe, and it just feels like the stars have opened up and you're just like, oh, okay, yes, right. It was like that. It Blood, didn't, blood doesn't taste like blood anymore to me. It's kind of like um, like a sweet liquid, like someone's run sugar through water maybe. It's, you don't get that irony, coppery kind of gross, like blech, I've been sucking on a penny kind of flavor. At least for me, that went away. And yeah, I was just like, this is fucking delicious. And I just kept going and going and going, conscious of course of the fact that I didn't want to take too much. Um, and she fell asleep in my arms, which was really, really sweet. But after that moment... I knew through having experienced it, going through the motions of what I thought was happening to me, the blood went in. I felt much better. <laughs> it had to walk away, going, "Ah oh shit, I'm a fucking vampire now. Great. <laughs> uh, better incorporate that into my life. That's gonna be that's gonna be an exciting new chapter, isn't it?" And yeah, there we were. So that's kind of my turning experience. But yeah, it was really unpleasant. And if I don't feed for a couple of weeks. I find I've got about a fortnight window, I reckon, before I start getting really lethargic. Um, I notice my mood will drop. I can become quite like snippy and a little like really hypersensitive, like cry at nothing or get like angry for no reason. Um, and the restless legs come back, which is something that always kind of signifies to me that it's time in the, I can't sleep again. I, I like lay awake vibrating like a, you know, <laughs> a doxy wand. I cannot rest and it's just like the 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 thoughts of I need to do the dishes, what's happening today at work? I should call my friend back. I wonder how they're doing are all replaced by get blood, get blood, get blood, get blood. So that's sorta of how that works for me.
0: Okay, so t- you you have about a about a about a a fortnight. What's a fortnight? Is that like 10 days? Oh two weeks. Yeah, two weeks, sorry.
1: Um okay, probably one of weeks. my probably a very English idiom, that one. So like two to three weeks without feeding, I think I start to I start to get a little bit funny.
0: Okay, and okay, and so when you began, do, do you still sort of serve as a food source, or is that is that ah. sort of not a thing? Do you is, is the does the, are, are there switches <laughs> um, in this, or,
1: Are people versed? Yeah. or is this sort of people I like that. That's cool. Um, look, I don't. Uh, something went a bit funny and I've tested this theory with uh, a certain sanguinary I'm very, very close to. Um, I was like, okay, will my blood still be any good? No. Is my energy still nice to feed from? No, it's not. The, the words my wife used to describe it was like, you were like, you felt so colorful and now you just feel like black, just big old void of black. And I was like, Oh wow. That's interesting. Vampires do feed from each other, but I just don't think it gives the same kick. <laughs> it's the best way I can put it. It becomes more of a like a fun thing or a sexy thing. Like, you know, two vampires fucking inevitably ends up involving some kind of blood play. Um, but I just don't think it quite scratches the itch. Um, and I imagine that feeding from other vampires would probably... Uh, it just... You know, it can be nice, like going through the motions and everything, but it just doesn't seem to give the same joy as <coughs> human. If you if you wanna if you wanna segregate the idea of being a vampire being not human anymore. Um yeah, it just doesn't it just doesn't. It kinda sucks. Like I kinda wish I could still burst. I really miss wanting I have lamented a bunch of times to wifey and people around me. It's like, oh, I didn't want this. Like, I liked work I liked it. It's like a sub being forced only to top <laughs> it's like oh man i'm still doing bdsm but i kind of want to be on the other side of it like i do miss it a lot i mean it's just the way of things so i've gotten used to it and Thought, oh well that's that's my lot in life now that's cool i will make the most of it um but yeah it's funny giving up that sort of giving up that side of my life was a little bit of a blow
0: yeah it sounds like it i can definitely understand why it would be Mm. Um. Yeah, that's unfortunate. Sorry. Oh, it's fine. I, I said, trust me, I'm not
1: suffering that much. It was just a little bit like, oh, that's a shame. Oh well, put that on the shelf. I had I had plenty of time and lots of fun, so I'm not um, you know, crying myself to sleep over it. <laughs> it's nothing to. Yeah. It's nothing to be sorry for.
0: Like you said, it's another chapter. Yeah.
1: I get to experience things from a different perspective, and if that's not what life's about, I don't know what is
0: yeah yeah
2: exactly that makes a lot of sense okay
0: so hmm. i'm trying to think what questions i still have um i don't know tell me a little bit about like what goes into doing this safely I'm, i'm i'm really curious i don't know um
1: Okay, like, it's kind of, I look at it with BDSM terms, because I find they're quite good. So I might use those to some degree. But like, safe, sane and consensual is a very, very important part, even if the consent is consenting non consent. (laughs) I mean, like, everybody loves the idea of being taken well, maybe not everybody loves the idea, but like vampire culture loves the idea of like being taken against your will and, you know, being entranced and the fangs going in and like, oh, like a powerful experience. And I was so like betwixt and helpless to this infinite creature. I mean, it's hot. I love that. But (laughs) obviously when it comes to the practicalities of this, that is not how we do things. So what I would consider... The three tenets of having to do this safely is number one: remembering that it is not safe. It is not inherently safe to do so. It is, I suppose, you could say, unhygienic or unsanitary. It is blood. Other people's blood can be a biohazard. It's like not, you know, you, you can transfer bloodborne diseases. It is a risk you have to take into bear. Much in the same way that people are like, you can practice safe BDSM but things can go wrong you know like knots can overly tight you can get a nerve pinch you can you know like I have a few injuries from doing BDSM over my life the scar one of them (laughs) um like you know cricked necks and i lost feeling in a finger for a while which is kind of hard because i i play like synthesizers and i'm a musician so it took a while for that nerve to repair things can go wrong no matter how well you try and do it so keeping that at the forefront of your mind is very very important number two is the blood screening it is pretty much uh like uh you know a a non-negotiable to go and get your bloods checked like check it, checking for any diseases or infections. Um, it's gonna be quite an intimate exchange and that needs to happen on both ends. Obviously mine as well, saliva can be a carrier of born disease. You know, you can have a cut on your gum, things like that can happen. It is technically uh, a, a potential for infection. So that really, really needs to be kept in mind. The third is making sure that, when the practice is being done it is done as sterile as possible and proper aftercare is given emotionally as well as physically um, you know a band-aid always helps <laughs> <laughs> but the way I tend there, there's a few different ways people like to do things um, I've always used like a little a little warhammer knife which I can kind of carry around with me and I carry a huge pile of like alcoholic disinfectant wipes and I carry band-aids and things like that in my little feeding kit so I can Kind of, you know, poke the skin a little bit, blip it a few times like you would like someone poking you with a needle until I get a little bit of a flow going. Um, I'll do that after I've disinfected the skin around that area and I will then, you know, drink for my life. (laughs) Once that's done, I disinfect the area again, make sure it's as sterile as it possibly can be. All the sharps are put away, the sharps are disposed of. You know, it's, it's that kind of process that's really, really important. I've learned recently that some folk have been using um, like lancets for diabetes, you know, that you can use to get a little bit of a, a drop of blood out of your finger. Um, they're really, really good. Cause they usually one hit and then you get rid of them. Um, you can poke someone in the soft area of chip. Like, you know, I've, my favorite feeding spot is kind of just above the tip and like in that soft bit of, muscle around the chest there you don't want to go near any arteries you don't want to go near any primary veins you know everybody loves the 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 fangs in the throat thing but that can kill you like, do not do not fuck around with the dangerous stuff find find a soft area i'd love to be able to like teach this but it's such a taboo subject it's kind of hard to because you know it's like in the eyes of the law probably not great um but you you know we we, we seek to sort of educate ourselves inside the community as best we can as to how to do these things safely and i learned from having other vampires feed from me and the methods that worked again like i have fed them for 10 years i've never once suffered an infection i never had anything go wrong apart from the you know a cup being a bit too big and i've got a few scars that i'd be like oh that one that one was a little maybe too big for oh i don't want to look at that right now and as soon as that's happened everybody's always been like oh okay shit like, let's go into first aid. Let's sort that out. Um, and like, no, no genuine everlasting or long harm has ever been done. So I can count myself very, very lucky in that regard. I have even made a, a little bit too deep of an incision myself uh, and left a, left a scar on my, my poor partner who now relishes and treasures it, but at the time wasn't particularly happy with me. And fair enough. <laughs> Unfortunately, sometimes those mistakes can happen, which is why maybe that diabetic laxit like is probably a better idea and I would recommend that being the way to go. So we, we evolve our methods as it were. Um, the, the, the the fangs in the teeth and then, you know biting down on the skin and like breaking it open that way uh, will pretty much lead to infection straight away. So that's a no-go. Unfortunately, it's is fantasy. The teeth are just for show people. <laughs> and if they were that sharp in your mouth, you'd cut the crap out of your tongue anyway. So yeah wouldn't wouldn't quite be as effective as you want. But that's the general the general three steps to going through this safely. I like to really describe it in detail before I do it and have potential um, you know potential feeding partners to be really, really aware of what it's like. Uh, sometimes the circumstances, I've offered over the blade for them to do it to themselves if they don't trust my hand or would prefer to, you know be the be the um the doer rather than, you know having it just done to them, although it can be a little bit tricky because I'm always worried they might cut too deep or they might quite not know how to do it. So I try and teach and even show on myself sometimes like here's the best way to do it really gently and really safely and just don't don't go too far. You can always cut a little bit deeper later, but you cannot uncut something that has been cut. So like let's let's just pace it out as slowly as we can. And that's always worked really, really well. So I've been incredibly lucky in my feeding days and I've been incredibly lucky in my veto days as well so providing that's kind of you know kind of get what gets followed and it's it's the primary thought when going in for this sort of stuff i reckon the risks can be at least mitigated to a decent degree
0: okay yeah no that makes a lot of sense i'm curious how long was your wife um doing this before she uh met you and you guys pm
1: she tells me that she never turned she was always it was always there she was born with it it was always been a part of her um it's been a part of her like she's an artist so her artworks her interests have always kind of centered around that and spirituality um i actually don't know for sure i believe that she started in her middle teenage years
2: Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Hmm.
0: I believe that we are we we're, we're coming up on
2: Oh wow, that went quick. <laughs>
0: yeah. Right? Well it always does I mean, I don't know, are there any do you have any like closing thoughts? Anything you want to leave us with? Anything? I didn't ask about, but what you wanted to talk about or you thought would be interesting to talk about? I really enjoyed what we covered,
1: to be honest. Um, I thought your, your questions went in the direction that I thought they would. And, uh, you know, I love talking about myself. So you always get very, very long winded answers in that regard. Nothing's particularly coming to mind that I feel is like I need to say or, or need to, to vent out. But I'm always open to questions. And... I like to, you know, I like to consider myself a little bit of a resource as well. So people are more than welcome to like write to me on Twitter if they'd like or if they'd like to know a little bit more, if they have questions themselves, if they think they might be a vampire as well and would like to know a little bit more about like safety or even I can just point... In the direction of some good literature, some good books to read, some some good thoughts to interrogate inside yourself. I would be glad to do that. So, by all means, please feel free to um, you know pass the pass the Twitter around as part of the, part of the episode. I really like to be as much as I can a helpful and community resource with these things, and I'm always an open book when it comes to these sort of questions.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I'll link your I'll link your Twitter in the show notes, and it's awesome. At, it's at vampire spelled with a A a y Y, -Y v-a-m-p-y-r-e underscore malice m-a-l-i-c-e
1: that is Um, right the uh, y generally is a designation of like uh vampires with an i fictional vampires with a y real life vampire that's just kind of the the way that the community will tend to use them so (laughs) that's what that y is about okay that's
0: interesting Huh, that's really neat. Yeah, sorry, well, I didn't mean to interrupt. Ochoa no, no, either. no, that's, that's good to know. That's, that's yeah. Huh. Okay, cool. Well, as <laughs> always, thank you so much for sharing your life with us and telling us about this wonderful and interesting um, topic. It's
2: an and absolute pleasure.
0: Thank you to the audience for listening. Um, as yeah. always, you can follow us at... At when a guy has on Twitter. Um, You can donate at the Kofi link on there. We're also I'm in the process of building a website. For the show, and one of my goals is to have transcripts for all the episodes made. My current plan is to essentially. um, Do this by a combination of. um, Automated processes and then. To, to do like a sort of first pass transcript generation and then have Ooh. volunteers clean them up. Um, so if you are interested in volunteering, please reach out to me. I'm gonna sort of work on putting together the process for that in the coming weeks. Um, and yeah, as always, you can reach out to me if you uh, have a fucked gender and would be interested in coming on. You can, I don't know, share the show with your friends, rate and review it. I don't know all the stuff you're supposed to say at the end of a show. Um, <laughs> yeah, thank you once more to Scarlett for being here. My absolute
1: pleasure. It was great. I really enjoyed it. Thank you for the uh, thank you for the opportunity to come on and have a chat.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, goodbye.
1: Bye bye.